0: Yeah, Skype is going to be aware of my nuts dropping right on its face. (laughs) What the fuck?
1: Take my sweaty bollocks right to your face, you can't.
0: Sponsored by Microsoft.
1: (laughs) And all you need is blood. (laughs) Or all you need is sweat.
0: (laughs) All sweat at that. I'll tell you, if Skype wants to give us a sponsorship... I'll take it. Fucking fucking shit-ass software. Yeah, bring it on. We could
1: do with the extra fucking cash. (laughs) You know, to improve our mics and computers and all that kind of stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I could upgrade to something so I don't have to use Skype.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool.
0: I'll start recording this back up. Yeah, I almost ran out of space on my computer the last time I was editing... uh, one of our podcasts, so I had to clean off a bunch of shit.
1: Did you delete all the other podcasts?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say I didn't delete a lot of them.
1: Well, I can't fucking say I blame you if you did. Especially those first four or five, because they were just dreadful.
0: Oh, no, those are long gone, Shane. I, I got rid of those off this computer a long time ago. Actually, re- those those weren't on this computer.
1: I was going to say, did you remove them from SoundCloud as well to stop?
0: Uh, I should. You really should clear up some <laughs> real space. Because I mean, I let's
1: think? face it. At the end of the day, they're on Spotify, and I I've actually had people message me as like, "Oh, do you have a podcast?" Yes, I do. That's what it says, you know. Pod, podcast co-creator, do hickey, and um, you know, oh yeah, we'll have to give it a listen. And I've had people message me saying, "Your podcast is really good. You swear a lot." I was like, I know. Uh. <laughs> and I just find it really fucking funny because, yeah, what would this podcast be without swearing?
0: Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Like, there's there's like certain rules on things.
1: Like yeah. If,
0: if you want to be like monetized on YouTube, you can't swear for like the first 10 minutes. Imagine a scenario where we had to like put that rule and no swearing for 10 minutes. <laughs>
1: I think we'd break it within thirty seconds. To be quite fair.
0: Oh man, I know half of the episodes when we start recording is just me going, oh fuck. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know we should have we should have like, alternate names like code words like fudge custard biscuit. You know. Yeah.
0: There, there yeah. are people I listen to, or, or like, uh, there's a there's a streamer that I watch, a Twitch streamer, and he does that. He replaces "fuck" with like a different word. Right. Well, oh, he says he says "frack." Right. <laughs> like he... well,
1: basically, a few years back, uh, a friend of mine had a had a daughter. She's now twenty one, by the way, a daughter, uh, and she works at the cinema. So that's kind of handy. Um But basically, when she was little, she was picking up words, as she does, as kids do, and um, we had to stop swearing around her. So every time we were trying to emphasise a point, we had to come up with alternative swear words. So I came up with the idea of using fudge for fuck, biscuit for bastard, and custard for cunt. So (laughs) basically, it worked. It did actually work. And um, my friend got called into the school one day because her daughter had called someone a fudging custard biscuit on the playground. (laughs) Now the teacher knew what she was trying to say and she couldn't really tell her off because she didn't say anything bad. Yeah. So basically she called my friend into the office and basically commended her on her use of non-swearing swearing. swearing. (laughs) So yeah, fudging custard biscuit.
0: That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm not going to replace it. I mean, especially fuck. It's like the best word, and there's, I refuse yeah, to replace and, fuck and, with anything.
1: And cunt is just one of the best swear words ever. So, <laughs> you know, that's my opinion. I'm English, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, <it's,
0: laughs> I think it's a little different if you're over in the U.S. and you're walking around calling people cunts. They don't appreciate that.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, we use it as a term <laughs> of endearment over here, so, you know, it's like, oh, I can you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so,
0: although, I'm not going to lie, I do frequently call uh, my cat, Chini, a cunt. Yeah. Constantly. But that's because she's always acting so cunty.
1: Right. So it's got nothing to do with my influence.
0: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are we sure about that? <laughs> that
0: stupid little bitch. <laughs> See, uh.
1: I'm surprised, right? Ziggy was really vocal a little while ago, and he's now gone into the bedroom um oh, yeah, actually he went into the bedroom just before and i was like are you gonna come are you gonna come and talk to ryan um on the podcast and he was like Meow. so i was like okay then well i'm gonna record a podcast oh all right i'll see you later and then i just got that, like, and i thought did you just swear at me motherfucker oh yeah
0: um, that was the, that was a fuck off absolutely yeah
1: yeah he was just uh, I just thought it was really funny and very cute at the same time because he's my cat and you know what they say animals reflect their owner's um, nice. attitudes
0: bad behaviour ma-
1: bad behaviour, <laughs> yeah, I'm a good boy I'll have you know <laughs> I'm well presented allegedly and furthermore
0: oh okay Yeah, well represented I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure Alright, well, let's, let's get this, let's was, get this started, I, I, Shane. I
1: represent the United Kingdom on this podcast, so, yeah.
0: And I'm sure the Queen is glad that you're there to do it. Oh, I couldn't
1: give a fuck if she
0: listens. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, imagine if she did. <laughs> That'd be
1: fine. Your sons are nonce. So.
0: <laughs> she dies, they go through her iPhone, this is the only podcast you subscribe to.
1: That would be comedy gold, especially if I get to the start of this episode. And i just say, Your son's are nonce, so
0: Alright, <laughs> on that note, let's uh let's start this. <laughs> Welcome to all you need is blood, the UHM horror podcast, with your hosts Ryan, Shane, and Mike. Is Mike. And we are back. Well, at least some of us. <laughs> most of us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Mike could not make it, uh, because I couldn't record on Sunday, and he couldn't record on Saturday, and since I'm the one that does the recording.
1: <laughs> and he yeah. doesn't like the screen movies, so... That's
0: right. Well, that's okay. We'll, uh, I'll hold up his side. Oh, great. Cheney's here right now, speaking of cunts. What want, Cheney? She's showing off.
1: See, that is kind of funny.
0: Oh, man. Well, welcome to the podcast. All you need is blood, episode number one eighteen. Really? I'm your host. Yes, I'm your host Ryan Tutola, and joining me is my singular co-host Shane Smith. Hello. Shane, how you doing?
1: I'm alright, actually. You know, I've had a pretty good week.
0: She just knocked the fucking garbage can over. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> the thug. She chose the thug life. The thug life. Oh. Not choose her.
0: She strolls in here and is like, "Guess what? I'm here to fuck your shit up."
1: <laughs> Stupid cat. <laughs> I think we've got to start speaking to Ziggy, and if he comes through, at least we've got the two additional co-hosts.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, Sheenie's Jeannie's quiet though, so you probably won't hear her. She'll just be doing bad things in the background, as uh, trying to bite wires or whatever. As I'm kicking her.
1: <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't. Um, animal abuse is not is frowned upon.
0: Mm. yeah but what if she likes the abuse shane
1: and then she's just a kinky fetishist cat
0: oh my god i want to beat up this cat all right <laughs> 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 on the podcast we like to discuss horror movies talk shit to each other various other nonsense including but not limited to music movies games comics whatever else happens to come up we are the official podcast of upcominghorrormovies.com. If you want to reach the podcast, our Gmail is allyouneedisbloodpod at gmail.com. The Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood, and Instagram account, All You Need Is Blood Podcast. If you're listening to us, it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Just type in All You Need Is Blood and subscribe. And send us pictures of your cats.
1: Yeah, because we like
0: that. I just heard heard a plow going by, so if you hear that periodically, uh, that's what's going on. Yeah, also, I'm trying to get a
1: date for Ziggy.
0: No, Chini is much too much of a lady to be dealing with that ratty cat. Ziggy's not ratty. Chini's very fancy, though. Ziggy can be fancy. She's full of herself. So is he? <laughs> <laughs> maybe they will get along.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe they will. Maybe he'll just look at her and say "Hi, hey, Riri," and then that'll be it. Mm.
0: Oh well. Speaking of animals, Shane, uh, I did get a new dog uh, last week.
1: Woohoo!
0: So she's a old <laughs> beagle mutt. Uh, we think Elisa thinks that she's somewhere between like eight and nine years old. Yeah. Uh, she's small, really tiny, much smaller than Odie. In fact, she's so small. I spent half of my morning this morning, uh, trying to, uh, make the, the cat door to go into the litter box room smaller. So she can't get in there, (laughs) but still big enough that fat Tony's fat ass can still get through. And I did not accomplish that task. Tony got stuck halfway through (laughs) 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 and he was like kicking and crying. (laughs) that's
1: what i'm busting for a piss you bastards get me (laughs) out
0: yeah oh my god poor tony so we're still gonna have to work through that but uh but yeah we got her i mean cheney what do you want my god she's on my lab now oh control so yeah that's been uh that's been fun she's from the south and uh she's not used to the uh, northern weather, and we just were right in the middle of a snowstorm, so she loves that. She doesn't want to, she took a shit in the kitchen this morning because she wouldn't go outside.
1: <laughs> She's a southern bell She's a lady. Oh, yeah. yeah
0: absolutely. I'm <laughs> very ladylike. <laughs> <laughs> Taking that crap next to her food bowl.
1: Yeah, nice. <laughs> That's either telling you one or two things about the food you've given her.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Commentary. <laughs> Well, if we let her to it, I'm sure she would eat both. Yeah. Ew. Ew. Yeah, ew. Yeah. That's what's going on with me. You got anything good going on, Shane? Anything you've been getting into recently? Well, um, I
1: binge watched the first three seasons of Creepshow earlier this week.
0: Oh, I've been meaning to get to that.
1: It's really fucking good. It is really good. I, um, there's like, it's like two stories per episode. And there's only like, uh, five or six episodes per season. I think there's six episodes on seasons one and three, and there's five on season two. And it's like, um, obviously a lot of the stuff is inspired from George Romero, um, because he gets name checked in every episode. Um, Greg Nicotero. Um, directs a lot of the episodes as well so those are really cool. Um, There are some really funny episodes in there as well. They all have the uh, horror element but some of them are really comically funny Um, One of my favourite ones is, is it's a story of a guy trying to kill his sister and she's trying to work out why and the school principal is played by Molly Ringwald And I sat there and I thought, I know her from somewhere. Who the fuck is she? And then it was like, oh, my fucking God, it's Molly Ringwald. And um, it turns out um, the girl's best friend is a vampire and turned her into a vampire. And she has no memory of becoming a vampire. She has no memory of killing her parents um, (laughs) in front of her brother, which was fucking hysterical. It's like the mother, she walks in from school and the mother's like, hi honey, how you doing? You know, check this out. And then she eats her. Um, You know, and it's pretty fucking funny. But yeah, there's some great episodes. Uh, Some very dark ones. Um, Another one of my favourites was the last episode of season three. And it's um, got Michael Rooker in it. And Mm. it's a very interesting tale about this people, these people coming over the border, and there's this young Asian lady and her mother, and she's given her this medication because it stops her from being hungry. But this girl is getting hungry, and then it all goes to shit. And it's quite entertaining. There's also a Nightmare, Nightmare Night of the Living Dead inspired story in the same episode as well which I thought was brilliant because the way they've done it, they've set it in 1968 and it ties in with the film Night of the Living Dead. Really? Yeah, it's really well done.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so um, its I thought it was genius. It's filmed in black and white as well, which I thought was a nice added touch. Um, and it's called A Dead Girl Named Sue is the name of the segment so that's worth checking out um i really enjoyed it but um yeah other than that uh yeah creep show um i saw spider-man no way home um
0: i haven't watched it yet
1: it's good it's good i'm not going to go into reviews or spoilers on that one but i enjoyed it i thought it was really well done it was quite funny because i took my eight-year-old great-nephew and he'd already seen it, but I was like, I want to go and see the film. And I said to his mum, I said, look, just tell him I'm going to take him to the cinema. And um, don't tell him I'm taking him to see it. And then she told him, he was just really excited. He was like, I can't wait to go and see it again. I'm like, fuck, really? By <laughs> like, taking an eight-year-old kid to the cinema, right, watching Spider-Man No Way Home. And the amount of times I had to tell him to shut up while I was watching the film was (laughs) fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Because he was like, oh, this bit's really good. And I'm like, shut it, shut up, shut up, you know. And I was like, shush, just shush. Just Uh, fill his
0: mouth with popcorn and candy.
1: He had popcorn and candy, and he had a fucking tango blast. And that still didn't shut him the fuck up
0: so I'm sitting
1: there trying to watch the film and there's like really important plot points coming up and he's like Di-di-di-di-di. and I'm like shut it I haven't seen this so shut up he's like but he's really good Uncle Shane I was like I don't care shut up I'm trying to watch the fucking film and we got to the end and um, obviously I said to him I said you're familiar with the cut scenes in the, in the credits he was like yeah he said sure. He's like, this one's a really good one, Uncle Shane. It's got venom. Before it even came on, I was like, oh, great.
0: Oh well, thanks for spoiling that for everyone in our audience, Shane. Yeah, right.
1: You know, <laughs> thanks to my nephew.
0: <laughs> thanks to your nephew. You just did it, not your nephew.
1: Yeah. Oh, shut up. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I didn't say what it was about. All right? I just said it was it was venom was in it. Anyway, um, and then the they right at the end of the movie, there's the trailer for. Doctor Strange and the, um, or the new Doctor Strange movie. Right. And my nephew hadn't seen it, and it was like, "Wow, it's Doctor Strange!" I was like, "Well spotted, mate." And then I had to tell him that he won't be able to see it at the cinema because it's going to be a horror movie.
0: (laughs) You can go see it; it's fine.
1: Yeah, you know, it was that was quite funny. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, so there was that. And obviously, I went and saw Scream 5, or Scream uh, 2, as they're calling it. Um,
0: were they Scream 2?
1: <laughs> no, Scream 22.
0: Oh, Scream 22. I think it's Scream 2.
1: Fucking feels like Scream 22, trust me. Um, no, but I went and saw that a uh, couple of weeks back. And, you know, we'll get into that in a bit. But um, the big news for me, I got a new bathroom.
0: Hey, oh.
1: I've been waiting 13 years for this bastard to be done because my fucking housing association is so slack. And it turns out, there's quite a story over this. It turns out I thought I had a leaky tap under the bath and it was basically just like leaking out under the bath and I thought, well, that's not fucking good, is it? Um, so I reported it, had someone come out, they checked the taps and I said, well, there's nothing we can do about it, we'll have to get someone else to come out and do it. So they sent someone else out. Over the course of three days, I had to call them out three times because the leak was so bad. So then they said, right, we'll sort this out. We'll, you know, we'll shut this water off here and then we'll do this and we'll do that. And it still didn't work because it was still leaking. Q, a month later, right, after varying attempts of trying to stop this uh, overflow of water, they say they're going to repair my bathroom. They're going to give me a completely new bathroom. And I'm like, woo, yay. Nice one. So they take out the bath. They take out the sink. They take out the toilet. It's then they discovered that it wasn't my bath that was leaking. It was the overflow of my toilet.
0: Oh,
1: so the overflow of my toilet had been leaking water for the last couple of months. And even the guys who fixed it said I wouldn't have even known that it was the overflow. They wouldn't have known if it, that it was the overflow. So basically, I've got a whole new bath, toilet, sink, new flooring, new shower, which I was like, "Woo! can't wait, use fucking shower. This is awesome. Only to discover yesterday that I have a dead unit. Of a bitch. As in the electrics in it, because it's an electric shower. The electrics in it aren't working, so therefore it's not heating water up. So I now have to wait for them to arrange for somebody to come out and completely replace the unit so I have a working shower.
0: You can't just use your electric kettle?
1: Uh, No. I can have a bath. (laughs) I can have a bath. I'm not using an electric kettle to pour over myself. A, it would hurt. B, it would be very hot. C, I might scold myself.
0: Well, that's good thinking then, Shane. Yeah. I'm glad you thought of that before me. Yeah. No, Cheney, stop touching the wire.
1: (laughs) So, yeah. So, I have a new bathroom with a dead shower.
0: Very exciting. Now, how was the first shit on the new toilet? It was fucking amazing. Oh, that's incredible, right?
1: Oh, man. I sat there and I, because I was having to use my neighbor's toilet because my neighbor let me have his key because he was away working last week. So he actually let me have his key so I could use his toilet and use it throughout the day as well because obviously the workmen were in and I had no toilet to use. So basically, when they put the toilet in and the guy was like, yeah, the new toilet—it's in, it's working. You know, it's all good. And I was like, "Get the fuck out of my way! I need a shit." And <laughs> they laughed. They did actually find it quite funny. And then they left. They finished for the day, and I literally sat on the toilet, and I was just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is amazing!"
0: <laughs> brand new toilet. It's like it's like better than putting on a brand new pair of socks right out of the package.
1: <laughs> yeah damn right but I, I was just i sat there for about half an hour I was going, oh my god this is bliss this is absolutely amazing to the point where i didn't actually want to get off the toilet but i thought i would better get off in case i give myself piles so um <clears throat> i was just very happy that i had a working toilet um that was great and then the workmen i had come in was they were brilliant one of them was a friend of mine chris who I hadn't seen for ages, but you know, we were just like having a general chat and we were talking about shit. And it was just, it was really funny. We just had a really good laugh. Um, so that was cool. Um, then he left yesterday and, um, he left, I think he was here for three hours putting the installing the, shower unit, and he said to me, he said he's installed 50 of these showers, and two of them have come up as dead units. Uh. So he said that's not bad considering how many... It's
0: bad. It sounds bad.
1: Yeah, but it's not bad considering the amount of work that goes into putting a shower unit in. But, um, you know, it's all good. I have a dead shower. If I want a cold shower, I can have one. It's, it's freezing fucking cold at the moment. Um, but I've just got to wait a few days for them to kind of send someone out so I can have the shower um, redone.
0: Excellent. And you're not bathing until then, right? So you get a really good shower. Oh, well, I've had a bath. but Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> but bath, but this is this is the beauty of it, right? The bath, I thought to myself, the bath looks too shallow. It, well, it looks too shallow and it looks a bit too thin. And I sat in it and I was like, yeah, it's a bit too thin. Because I'm not a small geezer. Mm. And um, basically, if I'd have sat out, if I'd have laid straight and I'd have like, put my legs out and just completely relaxed in the bath, I'd have probably got stuck.
0: I got to tell you, I cannot remember the last time I took a bath. I'm going to say, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe 20. <laughs> like, there
1: is something about having a bath, though, because, I mean, it's, for me, it's, it's relaxing.
0: I guess. I don't know. I'm a shower guy. I, I, yeah. I get a shower. Elisa's got the bath downstairs. Uh, I think she said she took one, like, I don't know, uh, like a month ago or so. She's like oh my god it was great And I go that bath holds water Like it's able to like hold it without it draining out And she goes yeah and then she went back to use it again she's like no it doesn't hold water anymore
1: <laughs> That's always the fucking way isn't it uh... but The thing is they had to refer my bathroom anyway Because the last time it had been replaced was 30 years ago
0: Holy shit
1: And um, I've lived here for 21 years and I was due the new bath fit six years ago. So they were overdue by six years. Yeah. And if it wasn't for that toilet flow, I probably would have been stuck with the same bath.
0: Well, you got it, Shane. Problem solved.
1: Yes. I did. I have kicked off about it on several occasions. I mean, like I said, I've been waiting 13 years for this. Yeah. So I'm glad it's fucking done.
0: Excellent. Well, I had a little adventure in my life last night, Shane. Oh? I uh, I dro- was driving home. It was dark, and it was, like, just barely starting to snow. So I'm coming up onto my street, and I see that, like, t- to turn onto my street, it's being blocked by, like, um, police and, like, an ambulance. And I go, what the hell? I can't go up my street. I go, okay, that's all right. I'll drive a block down and turn around and come up the other way. So as I'm driving past... I'm driving on a road that's sort of behind my house. So like I could, from this, this other road, I can see my backyard. So I'm driving by and I see that there's fire trucks at my house with the lights going and the sirens. And I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck? I take the back way in. They, they have that side of the road closed off too. And I talk to one of the firemen blocking the road and he's like, oh, you can't go down there. And I go, my house is down there. And he's like, well, you can't drive your car. And I go, can I walk? He says, yeah. I go, okay. So I walk down and I see that they're not, they're parked at my house, but they're not there for my house. They're there for the guy across the street from me. Right. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And um, the guy's are like, oh, we got to deal with this, blah, blah, blah. So I call Elisa because I know she was also driving her on her way home. I tell her, she goes, okay, I'll, I'll. figure out how to get in so she parks the car and goes to walk in talks to one of the guys and they tell her that my neighbor was trying to clear snow from around his house and was using a flamethrower to do it and he caught his house on fire with a flamethrower that he was trying to melt ice with are you fucking (laughs) serious I'm like what the fuck (laughs) and the funny part was like, what this guy was clearing, okay, it had last snowed, I don't know, I'm going to say a week and a half ago. Like, it's snowing today, but yesterday it wasn't snowing. So there was almost nothing left of the last snow, you know? Right. So I don't know what oh. the fuck this guy was doing.
1: Was he on drugs?
0: Uh, I don't know, possibly. This is a neighbor that I've never met before. They they moved in, I want to say, around October, and I'm not very friendly, so I don't talk to people. Last well, that's standard. And plus, they don't have a dog, and the only reason I know my neighbors is if they have dogs. Right. You know? Because I want to go see their dog. I don't want to see them.
1: Maybe they have a cat.
0: Well, that could be true, but they don't walk the cat.
1: (laughs) I don't know. A friend of mine used to walk their cat on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, I I know someone that was walking their cat for a while. I bought a leash to try to put uh, Ivan on it, and uh, it didn't work.
1: Did Ivan get a bit feisty?
0: He was not interested in having a leash on him and going outside.
1: So, I take it he kind of scratched you and fucked you up a bit for drying? Nah,
0: he would never do that. He just flops on the ground and, like, tries to, well, unhinges his jaw to bite the leash.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, I did think about taking Ziggy on a leash at at one point, but I like my limbs where they are. Mm. So... I don't know, it could be worth a laugh, it could be worth a try. He does like going for a walk. He likes to walk along the balcony outside my yep. flat. But um you know, whether I was to take him out on a harness or something like that would be kind of entertaining.
0: That would be worth I mean, watching.
1: I'd film it. I would film it. Cause it'd be fucking funny. Yeah.
0: Because
1: oh, yeah. either he'll he'll be cool with it or he might um, cleave off my legs.
0: Yeah, every time we put our cats in clothes or like a harness or anything like that, they just flop on the ground and just lay there. Like, here's here's where I die.
1: I don't get why people would put clothes on their cats. Unless they were (laughs) a hairless cat or like they had some kind of issue where they had to put clothing on them to keep them warm.
0: Yeah, but but it's really funny when you put a costume on a cat. Yeah, I get
1: that, but, and I've, I've seen some cute animal pictures with cats and stuff. There's one I follow on Instagram called The Dark Lord. And it's a hairless cat and he's actually quite cute. And they put a little cape on him at Halloween so he looks like a vampire. Mm. And I mean, with a collar, yeah, fair enough, you know, like a little cape, that's cool. But like jumpers and like,
0: stuff like that no i mean we had fat tony in a tank top all greasy looking it was pretty good all right shane well let's get to some other stuff that we got here uh we got some news we got to go through and maybe a couple trailers so let's get on to that news all right, first off, uh you sent this to me the uh the new trailer for uh the Foo Fighters film studio 666. Yeah. And I think it looks fucking fantastic. I it, cannot wait to see this.
1: Yeah, I've got to say I even I sent it to a couple of people and they've all said that it looks really cheesy but really really funny. Yeah. And it comes out next month. Um we did speak about this before um, with Mike, and he was just not interested in it at all. But
0: Was he? I, thought, I don't remember.
1: <laughs> this was only a couple of episodes ago. Shane,
0: <laughs> listen, that could be forever for, in my mind.
1: Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, this does look highly entertaining. It's just the whole idea of like Dave Grohl killing off his band members. Yeah. Throughout the whole film, I mean, there's a scene in the trailer with a fucking wood chipper. I mean, come on, <laughs> that's got to be awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does look good. Dave Grohl getting moving into this mansion with the rest of the Foo Fighters, getting like possessed by a demon or something, and then like just killing everybody one by one yeah. while he tries to make an album. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I tra- like that part.
1: <laughs> I just thought tra- in the trailer the funniest part was when he's sitting there, he's like, yeah, I've got a couple of great ideas for songs. And he starts playing "Everlong." And Taylor (laughs) Hawkins is like, dude, that's Everlong. You wrote that song like 20 years ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, check this out. (laughs) He just starts playing it.
1: (laughs) So at least it'll be funny. I've got a feeling it'll be funny, especially for Foo Fighters fans. They will enjoy it. But
0: yeah,
1: I'm looking forward to seeing it. I've got a feeling it's going to be really fucking funny.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be good.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna see if that's on it in where I am, if that's on cinemas where I am because I want to go and watch it.
0: Yeah, I need this shit to start go back to streaming again. <laughs> like it was so convenient during the, pan- you know, when most of the theaters were closed, and I could just stream things. Now I have to actually go out to see them.
1: Yes, yeah, uh, it's. it's I've, I mean, I've been out a couple of times in the last in the last few weeks, and I, it's. I've been quite lucky because. My nephew, he wanted to sit a couple of seats away from me. I think it was because I wasn't cool enough for him,
0: really. Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah, but I had my coat and my bag on one seat, and he had all his snacks on the seat next to him. So, you know, we literally took up four fucking seats. So that was kind of funny. But, um, And then the other week when I went to see Scream with my buddy, we literally had the whole row to ourselves. So, you know, that wasn't a bad thing. You know, and I kind of I enjoyed it because there were lots of space around us, yeah, so that was pretty cool um but yeah, I mean, regards to trailers, I did see a trailer um but I cannot remember the fucking name of it.
0: well, I sent you that trailer for the cursed, yeah, that looked okay, actually, yeah, that's a little interesting one that was originally it was titled uh Eight for Silver." OK. And um, I guess sort of the background story of that movie is that it's about it's not medieval times, but it's some olden times. And um, there's like this Duke or whatever, and he kills like an entire group of gypsies. And apparently they put a curse on the town or the woods or something. Yeah. And it looks pretty interesting. It's like a supernatural movie with like maybe some werewolf stuff put in. Um,
1: yeah, it looks like something I wouldn't, I'd probably watch.
0: Yeah, I, I think it looks good. It's directed by Sean Ellis and I, I don't know anything else that he's done, but, uh, yeah, good trailer, the cursed. So I'm, I'm hoping that turns out pretty well. Yeah. Cause I watched,
1: uh, you sent it to
0: me, um, earlier on and I watched
1: it and I thought, yeah, that looks actually quite interesting.
0: Well, yeah, I knew you would watch it because Mike isn't on the episode, so.
1: And Mike never watches
0: the fucking trailers. Mike never watches the trailers. (laughs) Fucking slacker. (laughs) I'm glad he's not here. We could just talk shit about him.
1: Yeah, we could do, actually. We could just not bother talking about the streams and just
0: talk about Mike. (laughs) Oh my God. Miles would love that. Miles is fascinated with Mike. He was telling me. He said he wants to know everything about him. (laughs) Well, let's see if we can pull up for a mile, shall we? <laughs> I told him I would ask Mike on oh, this he sent me a list of questions he wants to know from Mike, and I told him I'd ask him the next time we do one. <laughs> oh, that hilarious. Oh my god, it's so stupid. <clears throat> All right, what else do I got on here for news, Shane? I get some other sort of non horror related news. Um uh, Microsoft has bought Activision Blizzard, video game company, for I think it was 100 trillion gazillion dollars, some somewhere around there. Right. Um, it was actually 70 billion, but when you get that high, what does it really matter? It's just oh. they bought them for an infinite amount of money. Yeah. Um. Hard. And uh, Activision Blizzard, I mean, they make a ton of stuff, big stuff. The Call of Duty games, Warcraft, Overwatch. Uh, I found out they also own Candy Crush, which is really embarrassing and annoying. So, I mean, that company's probably worth trillions now. Microsoft owns it, and it's, like, a big deal in the video game world. But um, I don't know. There's, like, a few games that I like from them, uh, from that company. But um, I don't think I really care because whatever it's not gonna really change anything that i do so
1: yeah just
0: interesting to note uh also you might be interested in this shane um the next uh mike flanagan netflix netflix series has been announced oh and it's going to be the fall of the house of usher um yeah edgar Allan poe so um it sounds pretty good uh right now uh some of the stars that are on it it's got frank langella uh, Carla what? Gugino. Yeah. Um Mary McDonnell. And yeah. let's see. And Mark Hamill.
1: Mark Hamill.
0: Yeah, along with the the usual cast he always has in his stuff.
1: Oh, what was the uh the Asian guy's name? I can never remember his name. I follow him on Instagram and Twitter and he's oh. fucking hilarious. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 to, yeah.
1: He played the sheriff in Midnight Mass.
0: Okay, yep.
1: Yeah, he's in it as well because he's he posted up a photo of the script that he got. So because yep. he did post something about who he was working
0: with. So, yeah, and yeah, it's gonna have all the regulars. Kate Seagal and um Zach Gilford and uh, the people who are in a lot of his a lot of his uh, series are gonna be on it.
1: That's gonna be worth watching.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, I'm excited for that. I can't wait for that. So, and then uh, that's about it. The only thing else that I saw was that they put a new poster out for the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm -hmm. That's going to be on Netflix. Oh, fuck that. My favorite part about all these is like reading the comments of people that are like, oh, I can't wait. (laughs) And I'm like, if you watch the other Texas Chainsaw Massacres, most of them are horrible. Why are you excited for this?
1: It's a bit like me with the Friday the 13th movies. It's like, are you actually going to do a good one? You know, because, you know, it's common knowledge. I'm not exactly a fan of the Friday the 13th movies. I, did a lot, I liked the first movie, but the rest of them, I'm just like, Ugh, really? Hmm. And something with Hellraiser. Apparently,
0: there's another Hellraiser
1: movie coming out.
0: Oh yeah, yep. That's that's. I I think Barker is producing it or something.
1: Yeah, it's um, number eleven. <laughs> number eleven.
0: And and how many good ones do we have? Two and a half.
1: Yeah, two and a half. <laughs> that's just. I mean, I guess in a sense, if you could take all the good bits out of each of the movies, I'm not saying not all of it is good. You could probably make up one epic Ultra cut, but no, just fucking
0: no. Someday I'm going to revisit those again. I don't know why, but I will.
1: I have no idea. You know, it's like I've got a box set with, I've got a puzzle box set with the original three movies in. Right. The irony of it is I only like numbers two and three.
0: Uh, Really? You don't even like one?
1: No, I'm not a fan of number
0: one. Oh, uh, one is good. That story was fucking fantastic. I read that uh, in, like, November or something.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Is, when it comes to Hellraiser, I prefer the book.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: And the film, I just didn't think it was great. Um, it's just, it's probably, it looks really dated now anyway, but, you know, there is, I mean, Clover Barker, a fantastic writer and all the rest of it, but I prefer his other stuff over yeah. Hellraiser. And did I ever tell you about the story of how I came about getting the puzzle box?
0: Yeah, I think you did. This is ringing a bell now. Yeah. You got it for, you got it like used or something from um uh one of those the big DVD stores they used to have.
1: Oh, that's completely wrong. Oh <laughs> shit.
0: No. <laughs> how I
1: got it was a friend of mine said that he's got the Hellraiser the trilogy for me. Um because The story is his girlfriend found it in what we call a charity shop which is like a second-hand shop in the uk she thought it was a jewelry box so when she gets at home and she opens it up and it literally flops out into like the configuration box and there's three dvds and a booklet and she was like oh i thought it was a jewelry box and then it turns out she's not a fan of horror movies. Neither is my buddy. So he says, I've got the Hellraiser trilogy for you. I was like, oh, okay then. Cool. That's how we came about getting it. <laughs> so I have no idea how much it's worth. I might look into it. I might flog it off.
0: You yeah, know. is it DVD or Blu-ray? It's
1: DVD. Oh. So it's the original three movies. So it's the yeah, first yeah.
0: That they brought out. <laughs>
1: So, uh, yeah, interesting that. And I'm trying. I'm still trying to sell some fucking vinyl. There you go. Uh, but yeah. So I might. I not flog that off and see what I can get for it.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's worth money. Sometimes those box sets. You know, if it's a uh, if it's a nice one, they're worth some cash. I don't. I don't have a uh, Hellraiser box set. I think I have. I think I have one. I have an Arrow release of I think Hellraiser two. Right. It's like a big, big box. Um, Let me just go and grab it. <laughs> oh, he's going to get it. <laughs> what Shane doesn't know is there's no other co-host here to eat up the airtime, so now I have to keep talking, so it's not just dead air. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Maybe I should just play, like, fart sound effects until he until he I'm comes back. back. <clears throat> oh, he's back. <laughs> I like how you say, it,
1: oh, oh, he's back. It's actually an Anchor Bay release.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, good old Anchor Bay. The, the, the early... Not early, but I guess like back in the day when they were doing all the DVD releases. Yeah.
1: Actually, it's four discs.
0: What's the fourth?
1: It's um... Bonus, it's just called Bonus Disc. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's see what's on it. Oh, I can't even remember what it is. Sort of fucking good at it. Um,
0: well, the good news is, Shane, even though Mike didn't come, we can still pretend that he's here. Yeah. There we go. Ah!
1: <laughs> Excellent effort. <laughs> I like it.
0: We don't even need him.
1: <laughs> we don't even need him here, you know. It's just having belching. <laughs> oh, i am this. Oh, um but a bonus disc has presentation what full screen presentation of Hell on Earth.
0: Um, does it have the motorhead music video for Hellraiser? Yeah it does. Okay. Everything's forgiven then.
1: Yeah. Um Early shoot of Shalom. Early shoot of Forbidden. Interviews with people. Full color booklet written by Clive Bar- uh, yeah, written by Clive Barker's Revelations website team. Plus a personal foreword by Clive Barker himself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's four disc box set. So yeah. If anyone wants to know how much it's, if they want it, you know, send me a message. Let me know. This is a train wreck. This is a train wreck. We know.
0: <laughs> we fucking know. I got to get more mic drops than I could just make it whole. <laughs> 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 a whole episode of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it's an Arrow Bay release, so. Or Anchor Bay, sorry. There is a mashup waiting to happen.
0: Yeah. Oh. All right, that's pretty good, Shane. Let's get to our main topic here, because I'm sure we got a lot of shit we got to cover.
1: I have been talking bollocks for almost an hour as that's, well, that's, so yeah. You're
0: always talking bollocks.
1: I know. See, I'm impressed you actually pronounced it right.
0: <laughs> well, I've heard it enough times.
1: Well, yeah, you should do. You've known me for fucking 13 years. Oh, oh my God. Yeah,
0: there we go. Ancient, ancient. Actually, shit, you know what? The anniversary of the podcast is coming up. I'm going to look it up right now because I don't know if by the time I put this out there if uh, we're going to have an episode. Okay, the anniversary of the podcast is uh, February 9th. And it was started in 2016, so you do the math on that one.
1: Six years.
0: Holy fuck!
1: We've been doing this shit show for six years, and we've only done 118 oh episodes. My God, that's embarrassing. <laughs> People do fucking weekly podcasts, you know, and there's us. Low numbers, you know, 160, 118 episodes, you know. It's,
0: See, that's why. It's, that's, that's why some podcasts do seasons.
1: Yeah, we've never done seasons, have no, we? No,
0: no. But I'm thinking about it. Maybe I'll start the second season on this episode.
1: Maybe we should. Season
0: two. And then just fuck off the <laughs> <ones>. <laughs> All right. Well, Shane, our main topic of the episode is the Scream movies. And yeah. there's like 400 of them, I think. You just said Scream 22 just came out, right? Uh, Scream 5, yeah. <laughs> um, I, won't, I planned on mentioning, but I won't because I didn't get a chance to watch it is the 1981 slasher film titled Scream, which has nothing to do with the series. It just happens to have the same name, and it's really, really bad. I think I got it on DVD. Um, but we won't be mentioning that one. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the first Scream movie, uh, 1996, directed by Wes Craven, stars Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Skeet Ulrich, and Matthew Lillard uh also yeah. Yeah, Jamie Kennedy's also in it too as well as other people you know like um uh, what's her face at the beginning um Drew Barrymore yeah um so yeah it's uh, when that movie came out it was like a huge deal
1: yeah um i i see for me it was like i can remember seeing the trailer for it and i thought i want to see that and it's quite funny how Um, when it came about, everyone was talking about Scream, obviously this was, for me, this was like, well, it's pre-internet. So everything you saw was either on posters, on TV spots or in magazines. Um, So it's like, I thought it's a new horror movie. I love horror movies. I have to go and see this just to see what it's like. And I went with a couple of friends of mine um, to see it. Uh, It was really cool because obviously being an old goth and like being a fan of Nick Cave, me and my friend Kat were really, really happy to hear Red Right Hand played in the film. So here's an interesting fact for you. Me and Kat were dancing in our seats and singing along to Red Right Hand when it came up on the screen, which people around us found quite funny. Um, But you know, I remember watching it and I can remember the opening scene with, um, with Casey Becker, with Drew Barrymore. And the scene, and it still grabs me to this day. And it's that when she's talking on the phone and, he's, and she says, Why do you want to know my name? And he says, Because I want to know who I'm looking at. And I can remember the reactions in the cinema. It was complete still. It was total silence. And even I was like, Ah oh, this is going to be good. And then it's basically everything that transpires after that was just fucking mind-blowing because I hadn't seen anything like this in a horror movie for a long, long time. And, you know, it was, the 19, it was 1996, you know, it was 26 years ago. Um, and it was just fucking mind-blowing just seeing it on screen. And then the whole premise behind trying to work out who the killer was and, you know, process of elimination. Because Wes Craven had the brilliant idea of, like, making everybody the suspect. So it's like you weren't sure who the fuck it was. And I just thought it was a genius move. And it was probably my favourite film of 1996. Wow. And just like, because I remember watching it and then talking about it months afterwards and i still say scream is probably one of my favorite slasher movies um because it was just that opening scene it just fucking had me hooked and i
0: the opening scene is easily the best scene in the movie easily it's it's you know without a doubt i mean i also (laughs) i did love the garage door scene that's funny (laughs) But, yeah. but that's not as good as, like, the opening scene. And I think the opening scene is also one of the only scenes in the first three movies that has, like, gore in it. Yeah. So, I...
1: I mean, you've got, you've got her boyfriend who is gutted yeah. in the backyard. It's like, yeah, turn on the patio light, and you're like, okay, oh shit, who the fuck is that? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, it's her boyfriend. And you're like, fucking hell. Because there is actually a... There's a di- a uh, uh, cut scene. It's around somewhere. And I think it is actually on YouTube where basically the, the cut scene is where you see the knife go in and his guts just fall out. So that's worth looking up. But, um, yeah, it was just that whole scene. You are like, fuck me. You know, it's like, this is relentless. This is
0: fucking yeah, hardcore. That was good. But the rest of the movie, I think became sort of tamed. And,
1: oh, no, well, no, I don't know so much. I mean, it was... I mean, that continuing on from that scene, it's when she runs out of the house and she gets stabbed. Yeah, that
0: whole opening scene is great. And, she gets
1: come home and she's reaching out and trying to call out and she's got no fucking voice. And you're like, oh my fucking God, you know, it's Jesus. You know, she's... They can't hear her. They can't see her. And then basically she ends up getting gutted and she ends up being hung from a tree with her own entrails and I'm going to give a friend of mine a shout out here um, Bill Colwell or Hip Yeti on um, Instagram basically he did a painting of that scene um, a few years back of the Casey Becker hanging from the tree and the minute he posted it on his Instagram and I said I want to buy that painting and he was like what? I was like i want that painting S- sell it to me and he was like i've never bought any art- i've never sold any artwork before i won't fucking sell that artwork to me because i love it and it's like a 10 by 8 painting and it is depicting casey becker hanging from the fucking tree and now uh, i paid 30 pounds for it and i thought it was 30 pounds well spent and he couldn't believe it that i wanted to buy it off him and since then he's actually sold some of his work so check out hip yeti on instagram um, for his artwork because he does hor- he's done some other horror related stuff he does some abstract stuff as well and a lot of it is really really fucking good but i literally told him sell me that fucking painting or you he'll gr- he'll regret it <laughs> <laughs> But I've actually bought a couple of his pieces from him, so you know it's uh, it's pretty awesome. But I mean, for me, that scene is just pivotal. It is a pivotal scene in any horror movie that I saw in the nineties. Um, but yeah, you say the rest of the movie was kind of tame. It was a, it kind of it petered out a little bit, but it was just for me that opening scene is just so fucking pivotal in horror movie history. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's only so many scenes I can mm. see of, with people being stabbed in the back and like. Just blood, like yeah, I gotta have some guts. I gotta have some broken bones. You gotta have something interesting, um, but they yeah. they really don't do too much of that in in most of the scream movies. Uh, but that's that's yeah. kind of why I like the garage door scene because it was at least original. You know, you don't see yeah. something fucking hilarious like that every day.
1: I mean, I think the funniest part of that scene was the rubber head getting. Oh switched. my
0: god, it's the best part, absolutely. <laughs> I tell it was the
1: fucking rubber head, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man. Yeah. That's, that's definitely like a- after the initial uh, opening scene, that's my favorite kill without a doubt in it. Um, the uh, cast uh, in this, they got you know, they, they have such a great cast, uh, so many awesome people in it. Um, yeah. And I mean, the plot is pretty basic. I mean, everybody must've seen, you know, scream and sort of knows the plot. And it, yeah, I like that It's a whodunit, you know, you're going through trying to figure out who the killer is and you know that they're yeah. somehow close to, uh, close to sydney and there's you know lots of uh, red herrings going around pointing to certain people oh maybe it's this person maybe it's this person um but yeah overall i it's super enjoyable and is pro. it's the best oh well, is it the best it's probably the yes. movie wise it's the best movie but i have more enjoyment of a, of one of the other sequels like,
1: yeah, that's, fair. I mean, for me at the time, um, I mean, for me scream, I remember coming out of the cinema and just saying 10 out of 10 straight away, because I still think it's a 10 out of 10 movie because it's where's craving Wes Craven bringing the scare factor back into horror movies, you know, and it was, I mean, there's so many fucking pivotal kill scenes and the soundtrack work with it kevin williams williamson his script writing duties on it as well you know it was just all the acting was really good in it i just thought the whole film itself was like something i'd never seen before i mean you've seen slasher movies and all that kind of stuff teens in peril bloody blah all of that that's great but for me Wes correct there's something about wes craven's work that always gives it an edge and i've always said that and i personally think scream is my favorite of the five movies Mm.
0: now so
1: don't get me wrong some of the other movies are great but scream is the one for me is and it all comes back to that fucking opening scene
0: yeah yeah. It, it is the best part of the movie um now so this movie is often regarded as like a milestone of American horror. And, and some people call it like it revitalized horror, which which yeah. I disagree with. Uh, it it absolutely had a lot of imitators after it came out. But that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, it like rebirthed horror. And I did a little bit of research, Shane. I just looked I looked back at two years before *Scream* came out. Ninety four uh, and ninety five to see what horror movies came out in those years. So, like, in 94, you had Wes Craven's New Nightmare, In the Mouth of Madness, Interview with a Vampire, Phantasm 3, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Wolf, Death Machine, The Crow, which arguably isn't horror, but, you know, horror people like that. Uh, Shrunken Heads, Serial Mom, which I fucking love. I mean...
1: I don't think I've ever seen Serial Mom. Oh, my
0: God. You have to watch Serial Mom. It is amazing. It is so, so fucking funny. Um, And then, like, the, the year after that, the year before Scream came out, Candyman 2, Halloween 6, which is hugely shit, but it's, you know, it's a major sequel to a slasher series. Species, Demon Knight, Tales from the Hood, Lord of Illusions... Castle Freak, I mean, these are all, like, big movies that people love now. So, I don't know, to say, like, horror was dead and Scream brought it back, I don't agree with that at all. I I think, like, a lot of these movies, you know, are, like, any year, there's good and there's bad. What Scream did do is create a rush of copycat movies that not only copied, like, the general plot of, like, a whodunit slasher movie with little gore and lots of blood, but they, they like, um, copied the aesthetic. Like a lot of movies started looking like scream after it came out, you know, like just the visuals, <laughs> it, it, everything looks clean and, and shiny or whatever. It, 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 it sort of created this visual style that a lot of, a lot of movies copied. And I think that's a negative, <laughs> not, not, not that it's screams fault, but that like, they started like emulating it and uh it sort of made everything all look the same which i which i hate you know with your That's i know what you did last summers and your uh uh um what's that one the uh uh urban legend and oh i don't know there's a million see, of them
1: I, I, see i liked i know what you did last summer because i remember seeing that at the cinema and that had a fucking good opening track on that because it was Typo Negative, Summer Breeze. And that will always stick in my memory. Urban Legend, I thought, was a really good film, even though it gets a lot of hate. I just think it's a really clever I film. I mean,
0: I like Urban Legend be- as as a personal, you know, guilty pleasure type movie, but uh, it's not really a good I movie. It,
1: I don't even see it as a guilty pleasure. I just enjoy the film. Yeah. I just like the film for what it is.
0: But, uh, but of course, it also, the Scream movie also had to spawn sequels, Shane. And yeah. 97, we got Scream 2. I think one of the best parts of the Scream films is that, you know, obviously other than the new one, uh, because he's dead, Wes Craven returned, you know, to do all the directing duties. And yep. I think that's, you know, that's a real bonus because you don't often get that in sequels like this. Um, you know, especially horror movies. It usually it's a one and done type scenario. You know, Wes Craven made two yeah. Nightmare on Elm Streets, the first one and New Nightmare, and other than that, it gets passed along to a you know a bunch of different directors. I like that Wes Craven stayed on all these scream films, and I think two well, I, I don't know that two two is not a better movie. I think I like two better. It's it's more fun.
1: Yeah, I get that. I mean i can come see for me it was like with the with screen two it was kind of like a tradition for me and a group of my friends to get together and actually go to the cinema to watch them all and there'd be about 10 or 15 of us 10 to 15 people all piling together just to go and see scream uh the Scream movies and we did it with Scream three as well mm-hmm. um so it was uh I remember going to see it. There was, yeah, there was a big group of us with the snacks. I mean, we'd all had, we all had a bit of a, a smoke before we went in. So we were nice and chilled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Let's get stoned and watch Scream too. Sure? Yeah. Sure, we did, it. you know, and uh, it was, I just thought it was fucking superb, you know, uh, just getting together with a little group of friends and seeing this. Um, but yeah, I can remember, Watching this and thinking, Scream 2, you know, Sydney's at college and, you know, whole new slew of like victims. And the opening scene I thought was really clever because it was obviously, you know, the film Stab based on this best selling book by Gail Weathers.
0: <laughs> um,
1: you know, and it's like the opening night or it's the premiere or whatever. And then you've got like Jada Pinkett Smith and Omar Epps. Yep. Um, going to the cinema, not realising there's an actual killer in the cinema, and it's just like the whole death scene of Jada Pinkett Smith and Omar Epps, which was brilliantly parodied
0: in fucking fucking um, scary movie. Oh my god. I know, you can't talk about the Scream movies without a scary movie. <laughs> I mean,
1: the scary movie was just fucking genius, especially the opening scene with um, that fucking model-actress person when she gets stabbed in the chest and a fake boob comes out, you know, the fucking silicone implant comes out just fucking genius. Um,
0: I, I love I the, I, uh, the casting. Cause in, you know, they show clips from stab in this, in, uh, scream Two. stab being the fictional yeah. movie that was made after the first one. And I love, I love the actors in it. They're playing like the, the other people, especially, um, what's his name? Um, uh, Luke Wilson is, has the, he has the ridiculous hair that Skeet always <laughs> had in the first one. And it's so fucking funny because like his hair looks so dumb in the first movie. And then when you see Luke Wilson with it, it's, even yeah, it was just,
1: it was, I think the funniest thing for me was Heather Graham. And it was like, I don't know who you are, but I just
0: like you. Oh, already. I love Heather yeah. Graham. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. what's her face from uh, Beverly Hills 90210? Shannon Doherty? Oh, Dory spelling. Oh, spelling. spelling. You're right. Dory's spelling. That's what it is. Yeah. That's fucking think funny. It's just, I mean, it's
1: just, it's brilliant how they did that. And I really fucking I, I enjoyed those aspects of it, you know. And it's like Sydney Prescott at college mm-hmm. and she gets the fucking phone calls. just like, yeah, your student ID, bloody blah, 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 blah. I don't know who it is. And he's like, oh, damn. You know that part of it those parts of it were quite entertaining and it was just like it starts off as like yeah i'm over it you know blah blah and then students start getting killed and she's like ah fuck not again and i just thought it was really cleverly done how they got around doing the the sequel i mean obviously it didn't have the same impact as the first movie in my opinion it was just it was good how they got on with it um and obviously the killers, um, it was just uh, it was, I didn't expect the new hack, um, the woman who was playing uh, one of the killers in it.
0: No, um, in that
1: yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I didn't expect her to be the uh, the killer. I just thought, you know, something's a bit suspect about mm. her. I didn't suspect the film, um, the other killer, Timothy Oliphant. Yep. Um, I didn't suspect him at all until we got right near the end. I was like, hold on a fucking minute.
0: What the fuck? Where oh, do you go? The I love, love, love Laurie Metcalf as the killer in this. Um, right. I, I, she's my favorite killer. Like I love how fucking crazy she looks. I think she's yeah. fantastic. And I absolutely hate Timothy Oliphant as the killer.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was a bit shit, actually. Yeah.
0: Sorry, Cheney just hit the microphone with her head. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So
1: she wants to be heard. she wants to be known.
0: Know. She's going crazy right now. She's demanding pets. Um, she's got to be coddled like a baby. She's losing her mind. Well, you better give her a cuddle oh, then. She's getting them, huh, Yeah, I know <laughs> You're a little kitty. Um, it's like
1: Ziggy at the moment, he's just in the bedroom. He's not doing anything. He's sleeping.
0: Yeah, the other part I liked about this uh, was uh, Jamie Kennedy. Um, his like rules of sequels, I thought were like even better in this than his rules of like surviving a horror movie yes. in the first one. Yeah. And, uh, I thought it worked out good. I, 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 I don't know. I like the fun in this one. It just seems, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Like the first one you could tell it was like totally serious in this one. They're like, we're not going to be really serious, but it's going to be fucking crazy.
1: Yeah. And it was crazy. It was a crazy fucking movie, what they did with this one. Um, Yeah, I can always remember watching this with my buddy Sam and him saying, they can't kill Randy after he'd just been killed. (laughs) You know, that was just like, they can't kill Randy. He knows all the rules. So, um, you know, I think everyone was like, holy fucking shit, they killed Randy. Um, Which was unexpected but it was the way he got killed off i thought fuck me you know that's um, that is just like relentless you know they didn't care like fucking multiple stab wounds and like being stuck in the fucking tv van you're like whoa and it's the it's the guy the cameraman who's like i didn't sign up for this and then dumps his camera and fucks off (laughs) (laughs) that was probably one of the funniest scenes in the whole movie for me it's like me as the token black guy i'm out of here you know
0: this fucking cat is biting me. Jeannie, stop biting me. No, they call
1: it Love nips. Yeah. Was, it's the
0: cat. That's, yeah, that's she's the, doing. But yeah, no, yeah. I, lo- I love Scream 2. Scream 2 is, is absolutely so much fun to watch. And I lo- I, that's the one I think I enjoyed the most, going back visiting again. Um,
1: yeah, I think um, I remember watching it and thinking to myself, I definitely gave it a... Uh, 7 out of yeah. 10, it was good, but not as good as the first yeah.
0: movie. Yeah, I could see it. I could see that. Uh, and then Shane came Scream 3. Which, yeah. in, in my opinion, is a huge fucking steaming pile of shit.
1: It's not the best.
0: I think it might be Wes Craven's worst movie. I have to agree. Like um, that, or uh, Hills Have Eyes 2, with the, uh, the, the dog flashback in it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: The thing is, I, when it comes down to this, I remember all of us going to see this, and it was it was an interesting, interesting turn of events. Watching this, and it's funny because it was the opening scene with, Lee Schreiber, yeah, and um, his wife. You know, when he's driving home from work and he gets the call, and it's like the really nice lady on the phone. And then she starts talking, just like, start taking a bit of a darker fucking turn as well. And, oh yeah, it was Kelly Rutherford. That's who it was. Um You know, and it was that scene I thought was quite, was quite good, you know, because he's trying to get through rush hour traffic to get home to his wife once he finds out what the fuck is going on and how you, the guy is like stalking the house, he's in his house. And how Christine, his wife, um thinks the killer is actually leave Schreiber, and he's just like playing his kinky game again. That he likes to play the killer. Um obviously meaning that he I'm the scary killer, I'm gonna fuck you senseless, you know, that kind of thing. But um yeah, I thought that was kind of cool how they killed Cotton Weary off. Mm. And how it brought Gale and Sydney closer, you know, towards the end of the movie. And I thought that was really clever how they did it. Um, yeah, that whole aspect. It brought those characters closer together. Um, and then, obviously, because they were working out it was the... The people on the set of script of stab three that were being killed off and the script kept getting changed at which was popular back in the day. There's people, the script has changed again. Oh no, that's my script. know, that's not in my script. Bloody blah. All that kind of shit. And then the, you've got the guy who played Roman who turns out to be Sydney's half brother. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, that kind of makes sense with the whole, with her mother disappearing, leaving and then having a secret life. And, you know, before she got married or trying to keep that part of her life quiet and like having a kid, not really and wanting to forget about him and then starting another family with Sid, with Sydney's dad and having Sydney. Um, So that was, it was, um, interesting but not entirely fantastic you know story-wise yeah, i, it's I just, didn't like
0: that part with her yeah our I, I just felt,
1: yeah i felt that um that part of it was a bit poor
0: yeah the, the um, other part i hated was how this was cameo the movie and, and you have to have like 400 cameos in it
1: yeah, but come on, the giant silent bob cameo was fucking sweet. I super. mean,
0: yeah, that was good in like nineteen ninety nine. I don't know, man. I was it's just it's embarrassing. Like, this is what you're putting in your movie. Like, you gotta have uh, Roger Corman, Carrie Fisher, um, Wes Craven. I did like I did like Harry Fisher's cameo in oh, I that didn't actually. I was like, Oh god, why are we still doing this? Like you I'm so exhausted with cameos by the end of the movie that I'm just like just, why don't you make a movie and not have to shove all this shit into it? Um, yeah. But it, the one thing that I could say throughout the entire movie that had me sick to my stomach was Courtney Cox's haircut. Um,
1: <laughs> I was going to bring that oh up. That was probably the best haircut she had on that movie. As
0: bad as Ski Ulrich's hair was in the first one, it is nothing yeah. compared to Courtney Cox's head. And they let her, like, film a movie looking like that. <laughs> I know, it is fucking ridiculous. Her, I mean, I'm not one to talk about hair, Shane. I'm I'm a guy who cuts his own hair. It looks like shit. <laughs> but it, Dude, but, it I but it looks better than Courtney Cox's hair in this movie. A Hollywood production with like hair people and, you know. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um I mean, the other negatives, some other negatives on this. The movie also has like jump scares and while there was, you know, one or two you know things that would happen in the other one. This movie, it's they seem to happen constantly. Um, yeah. The the plot is ridiculous with them like going to uh, Hollywood producer's house for a big party, and there's like only five people at this party. And you're like, well, yeah, because it
1: because uh, it was a private it was party. A private
0: party. Well, why would you go? And my favorite like question was they go they get to the party right, and I forget the yeah. I forget the character's name. Uh, he's one of the actors that's in, in Stab 3. And uh, he goes, everybody's just going to split up. There's a killer on the loose. And I'm like, you knew there's a killer on the loose and you showed up to a party? Like, why aren't you, like, <laughs> in your house? <laughs> why did you go out like, to a party? Come on, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't really like the kills in this movie. Uh, I didn't like... The love triangle with uh, Courtney Cox and David Arquette and whatever her face was playing fake Courtney Cox.
1: I <laughs> I find that quite funny. I, it was part.
0: Well, I did like her and Courtney Cox going around investigating. I thought that was funny. Uh, I like. Yeah. That, I like their interactions. Um, yeah. I don't know. I thought the dialogue was bad in this too. Like especially when the detectives are talking, it's like everything is so corny and just. It's shit. Dempsey,
1: was, I, right. Personally speaking, I thought Patrick Dempsey was a poor choice. Yeah. This movie, I really did. I just didn't get why they cast him. All right, fair enough. You know, he's been he was popular as a as a teen actor himself. But you know, it's just like let's get all the teen actors from over the years and get them in roles in this movie, etc., etc. And you know, for me, I was just like. He
0: just
1: didn't fit the role. Yeah. Um, I didn't think he fit the role.
0: But there was nothing, nothing worse or more embarrassing than when they're running through a studio lot and they bump into Randy's little sister or whatever who, ha- yeah. who hands them a VHS cassette of Randy giving the rules for a trilogy movie. Yeah. And like... in. Uh, I couldn't be more embarrassed watching this. I was like, "Ugh, this is so embarrassing. Why are you putting this in here? Yeah. It was horrible. Absolutely. Like something that was like nice and fun in the other movies is instantly turned into this, like the shittiest scene in the movie. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I I hated this. I give this like a three out of 10. Like it sucks. Not a fan of this one. Yeah.
1: I'd I'd give it a five out of 10. If that, But that's only because, you know, just, like, see returning characters and, you know, just seeing deaths of other characters that I didn't like. Yeah.
0: So, like, one interesting part about this is that Nev Campbell is only in, like, less than half the movie. Because I guess she had a contract where she would only work for, I forget how long, it was, like, 20 days or something. So they had to shoot all of her scenes together and then... And the rest of the movie, she's not in it. You're like, okay, I guess that's, that's why we got a movie like this. I don't know. Yeah, but it was just kind of shit. I, I wasn't a fan of this one. Um, but then we had a huge hiatus, uh, 10 yeah, 10 years, 10 or 11 years, and we got Scream Four or Scraform, as I think it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> and this was actually yeah. Wes Craven's last movie, um, yeah.
1: Um, I actually like Scream
0: Four. I fucking um, loved it. I watched it last night again, and it was only the second time I'd watched it, and I loved it.
1: I right personally for me, it's um, it's one of those films. When I first watched it, I wasn't entirely sure about it. You know, it's like, yeah, it's ten years. Where's Craven's back? What's he trying to pull with this one? and i was just like yeah it's the error of social media it's you know he's got to do something it's got to be social media related you know just going going into the film itself um and i just thought it was uh the first time i saw it i thought it was a bit of lackluster you know, I wasn't sure what to make of it, and the beginning of the movie with the whole montage of the stab movies—yep, you now the sequels <laughs> that they've done—I <laughs> just thought that was really clever. It's like, oh, cool! You know, Kristen Bell's getting stabbed to death, or no, Kristen Bell is stabbing fucking what's her face, Suki Anna Paquin, um, stabbing her to death on the sofa, and all the rest of it. And then there's it leads up to like. The actual events of the movie of the teenagers getting killed off, and I thought that was quite clever. Um, and then obviously you've got uh um oh what's her fucking Emma Roberts. Yeah,
0: Emma Roberts, yeah. Hayden
1: Panateri. Right, Hayden Panateri, I thought was fucking awesome in that role. I really did. I thought she was
0: fucking brilliant. Everybody's good in this.
1: Yeah, but, you know, For it's Hayden Panettiere. She's taking on Randy's role, you know. She has the knowledge for horror movies. Right. She knows what she's talking about. She knows all the rules, all of that kind of stuff. I thought she was fucking brilliant. Emma Roberts, right, fair enough. You know, she's a great actress. I love her in a lot of yep. stuff, especially yep. American Horror Story, because I think she's brilliant in that. Um and it was just the whole premise behind the movie is like well, Sydney's back. You know, it's been 10 years since Scream 3, um, which was great in the timeline because obviously it was 10, 10 years since Scream 3 and, you know, a lot, there's a lot of water under the bridge. Um, and then she's, she's basically being targeted back in Woodsboro by, the killer. And it's like, you're spending the, spending the movie, trying to work out why they've done this, you know, why they're going back, um, or why they're targeting her. And then you've got Gail who's suffering a bit. She's got writer's block. Dewey is the sheriff. And you know, it's like all the old characters and you don't really see much of the people who survived, scream three because let's face it, there weren't many. Um, but it was, uh, when I, f- when I first saw it, I was just like, mm, you yeah, know, it's all right. It's not the greatest, but it's just like all the team characters who were in it. I actually thought they were better than a lot of the characters in the others.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Because obviously it was the new generation of horror fans. Um, it's 10 years. A lot of, a lot has happened in horror. In that time, and I just thought it was really cool how they had like the Stab Club and like the movie club, and they were regularly discussing horror movies, you know, and it's kind of like what we do, and I thought that was really cool. Um, but then Emma Roberts, you know, Mm -hmm. when she comes along and she it's her and uh, Macaulay, brother, Macaulay Culkin's little brother. Turns out they're the killers. Um, I thought that was really cool, and I loved—I've grown to love it. Emma Roberts, when she fucks herself up in the house yeah. <laughs> after she stabbed everyone, and like fucking, there's been loads of killings going on. She pulls her hair out, fucking stabs herself on the shoulder, throws herself into that oh, glass that's table. That's
0: when she th- really? throws herself on the table
1: yeah and then she just fucks herself up <laughs> and you're like fucking hell you know i always remember that scene was fucking super and then you get to the hospital and she finds out that sydney is still alive and it's when dewey tweaks when she says oh so me and gail have matching stab wounds we've got matching scars and it's when gail says how did she know i was stabbed in the shoulder and that's when dewey's like oh fuck you know and then it was when he goes back, and then she twats him with a fucking. I, with I her, think it was
0: a bedpan, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, she twats him with a bedpan, knocks him unconscious. The deputy comes in, fucking she gets done over, and then she goes after Sydney and tries to fucking strangle her and do her over as well. And it, I just, what that whole scene was really fucking cool. I really enjoyed that. And then you get to the end and it's like, well, she wanted a 15 minutes of fame. She got it as the fucking new serial killer in the town. So I thought that was quite clever. I did enjoy that one. Yeah. But, but it, I, I, say, I mean, it, it took me a few viewings to really get into it.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one thoroughly. Yeah. Um... So, it's like some of my notes on here. I I did notice that this movie doesn't look like the other Scream movies. Like, that that visual aesthetic I was talking about, it is different on this one. And I think it's because it was filmed, you know, in the 2010s. And it looks... I want to say it looks a little more digital. Like, it's not as... And at the same same time, it's not as, like, crystal clear and... uh, and cleaned up and shiny. It's a little bit grittier, but still a little bit pixelated. I don't know. It just looked different than the others to also, me.
1: Also, you say that. I actually think some of the kills in this are a lot more fucking oh, gory That was
0: my next note. The kills are fucking awesome. The, the, yes. This one may have the best kills, other than, you know, the intro of the first one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but it's like that girl in her bedroom when she gets gutty. Oh my god, Her
0: guts are everywhere. <laughs>
1: Yeah. i remember watching that
0: and i was like fuck me that's awful yeah you know and like, even when sydney walks in that room like she steps in the blood on the walls is just yeah. everywhere uh it looks so awesome um
1: like, i just couldn't fucking believe it you know i just thought that is that is like that's on a par with the first movie yeah yeah if not better right you know it was so fucking gory. And it was brutal as well. I mean, those, the fucking killers and that, they, they weren't holding back. That, yes, Odie. That's
0: right. Odie agrees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and there were some lines in here that actually got me to laugh. Like in the beginning when they were going through those, the, the different um, openings to the Stab movies. And uh, one of the girls wants to watch Saw 4, and she goes, Saw 4 is torture porn garbage with no character development. And I'm like, Well, that's funny because Saw 4 does suck. (laughs) And and for whatever reason, like when Gail walks into the police station and she eats the deputy's lemon squares that are sitting there, (laughs) and she talks to her. Oh my God, Shane. (laughs) (laughs) I was laughing. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. I love the kills. And and listen, this might just be because I'm an old man. I don't know why. But I think Nev Campbell looks hotter in this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she does. I don't know why,
0: Shane. I must be old because I'm like, oh, she's looking pretty good. (laughs) Dude, you're not that old. Oh, I am, man. I'm I'm knocking on the door of 40. It's coming.
1: Bitch, please. I'm 48 this oh year, and you think I'm? Yeah, right. Exactly. That's, so, that's ancient. Yeah, fuck off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Scream Four for me. I thought um, the only thing it was lacking was the inclusion of Nick Cave's Red Right Hand because um, that was last used in Scream Three, and that disappointed me a little bit. But that was the only—that's the only reason why I'm giving it a, a mark of an eight out of ten until, instead of a nine, because my rating for this movie actually went yeah. up more times I watched it because I noticed certain things about the film that I didn't notice before. So if um, so, it was one of those uh, movies that I enjoyed a lot. The more I watched. Yeah,
0: same it. for me. This is like like I said, this is the second time watching it and I liked it more than I liked the the, the first time. So, I completely agree yeah. with that. Um, all right, Shane, let's get to the new one because uh <laughs> Now I did not I did run. not watch this. So, you're going to have to right. you're going to have to play a little caution with the spoilers on this one. Right. Um
1: see, I don't know whether I should do spoilers on this one.
0: Probably not. <laughs>
1: um I guess I could do spoilers and you could always edit them out?
0: No. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) That's way too much work.
1: (laughs) Oh, fuck's sake. Um, Right. Okay. I'm going to roll a cigarette Um, because I'm going to need it for this one. And IMDB will be my friend today because I am going to go into in-depth... Oh, boy. Yeah, so, right, the beauty of it is, right, rated R for strong bloody violence language throughout and some sexual references, because um, that's kind of cool. Um, and, right, this is... um uh, I right, see, because there are some goofs in this movie that are glaringly obvious. As well. But we'll get to that in a few. Right. Overall, I will give the movie a 9 out of 10. Wow. Because I I enjoyed it for what it was. And there was a few surprises in this film that I did not see coming. But you know, I well, I say I gave it a 9 out of 10. I gave it a 9 out of 10 initially. Alright. Then I lowered my rating after thinking about it to an 8 out of 10. And then I'm finally going to settle on a 7 out of 10. Keeps because of... Up. Yeah, because of... There are reasons I will go into, but basically it's... Um, it's not as great as Scream 4. And it's not as... Well, I thought it was as good as Scream but it really isn't and there are certain points there are characters that have reduced my rating over the last couple of weeks since i've seen it right so it's 25 years after the original series of murders in woodsborough right um sydney is um she's off she's being a mother She's got two kids. Dewey is no longer in the police force. He was asked to retire. Gail is now a TV host. She's a TV show host. And basically, um, here's an interesting twist. The first person to get stabbed in this movie isn't killed.
0: Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah. All right.
1: Basically, what has happened, there's another character in the movie um, called Sam. Now, basically, the person at the start of the movie gets stabbed up. It's like a retread of the original movie of Scream, right? Girl on the phone, in the house on her own. You know, she's got, um, it's all fucking, all the house is all down, it's all security relating to like mobile phones and all this kind of stuff. So they can lock it and unlock it and all that sort of stuff. Um, But basically the girl at the start of the film is um, the sister of Sam. Right. And it's um, basically she gets fucked up in the house. Right. She does. She gets really fucked up. I mean, the guy breaks into the house. He scares the fuck out of her. He stabs her in the gut. He stabs her in the back, and he stabs her in the chest. And he really fucks her up. And you think to yourself, "Hang on a minute, is she actually going to survive?" Well, she does. And uh, She's in hospital, and all her friends rally around her. And they're like, you know, we've, you know, we've got to make sure she's okay. And ha- that for some reason, the sister Sam is the bad egg and the family because she left them all so it was all down to her coming back and like trying to rectify the situation of what happened try to explain everything what happened why she left and left everybody well basically it's all down to family the mother left um I think, yeah, I think it was the mother left leaving Sam and her and her sister um, to fend for themselves, never to be heard from again. And basically Sam turns into the rebellious teenager and fucks off, decides to leave. That's it. Done. Leaving her little sister to deal with all the shit from her dad and like school and all of this kind of stuff. And uh, as it turns out, her, her Sam comes back with her boyfriend, he who is played by Jack Quaid, um, which is obviously it's one of the Quaid's sons. Um, he was also in The Boys. Hmm. <laughs> so he's in it. Um, so they come back, and it's when it all goes tits up because other people are being earmarked to be murdered. So it's all of Sam's sister's friends that are being killed off. I think they uh, Jenna Ortega. Her name is Tara. Um, so this is where it gets interesting because obviously Dewey never left. Gail is being, because of the, one of the murders Gail has to come back to Woodsboro to report it And then Gail and Dewey have their little little tete-a-tete in front of the school where it's all going down. And that's kind of fun and cutesy in the sense of it's Gail and Dewey having a little bit of an argument. But obviously she cares. And it turns out Gail and Dewey are no longer together. Uh, She left him. Um, So that was... Probably because of the
0: mustache in Scream 3.
1: Probably, actually. I don't know his mustache Well, he didn't really have a mustache in this one either, but you know, um, so it's basically, they're trying to get to the bottom of the fact that another teen has been killed. And, uh, judge, what was her name? Fucking, uh, Judy Hicks,
0: judge, Judy,
1: judge, Judy, oh, sheriff, Judy Hicks. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, she's in it. She's now sheriff. Um, obviously cause Dewey was asked to leave the police force for his own benefit because he became an alcoholic and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'll go into, I am going to go into spoilers. Oh boy.
0: Right now? Yeah. Well, before you do that, yeah. Shane, why don't you give us your overview of the film? Do you think it was, uh, you think it was really good or what? Or what?
1: It was really good it's a really good film it is a really good film it's uh it does it brings back the legacy characters from the original trilogy um and it brings it back quite nicely and i will point out nev campbell she's not the main character in this one yeah yeah so it turns out sam sam carpenter played by melissa barrero barrera she's the main character in the movie So, Nev Campbell is just like a side character. Um, but basically, um, Marley Shelton, who plays Julie Hicks, she's living with her son in the house that looks quite, um, looks quite 2.4 children, you know, all the locks and all the rest of it. She's, she basically makes her son, um, lock the doors whenever he's in the house and whenever they're in the house and uh she gets quite a spectacular death which i didn't see coming you think because her son is her son is like the target you think like he's going to get killed off and there's like scenes of him in the shower and her trying to call him because she's in the car driving to pick up sushi and she gets the call and then she gets it through to the police and all of this kind of stuff. is like, I need a trace, got caught, got the killer on the line, et cetera, et cetera. And then basically she's in the house or she's driving back. Her son is still in the shower. And this is where it gets a bit weird for me. It's broad daylight. The killer stabs her to death on her own doorstep. The door is closed or the door is open, ajar, and uh, basically her son doesn't hear anything happening. And then he comes down the stairs and you see him putting the plate out for the sushi and for dinner and everything. And he sees the front door open a bit, ajar and you think to yourself, hang on a minute, there's a killer on the loose. Someone has entered your house, possibly. Your door is ajar do you open the door to find out what's going on or do you close it? And being a retarded teen, he closes the door, not seeing his mother's corpse on the front porch. Um, and then basically that's when he gets, it's, it's, they've got the, com- you've got the comedy aspect of like him opening doors and you expect someone to stand behind them. And there's no one there. And then on the last one, the killer is there and she fucks him up as well. And you see him struggling and all the rest of it. And it's one of those, it's a slow kill, where you see her putting the blade in his throat, and you see her pushing it, but you see the killer pushing it in slowly, as he's, like, coughing and spluttering and trying to fucking scream when he can't. And then you just see the blade get pulled out quickly, and then that's it. So that was, that was quite an interesting little death for her. And then that's where Gail turns up after Dewey is trying to find out what the fuck is going on. And then it's the phone call with Dewey where he calls Sydney and he's, he's like explaining to her what's going on. And he's like, Have you got a gun? She said, I'm Sydney, Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course I've got a gun. And he basically warns her, Don't come back. Just don't come back. And then she does. <laughs> Doesn't listen. It's like, come on, you know, we've got to fucking get to the bottom of this, bloody blah, blah. And then uh, it's it's uh, when they confront... Oh, hang on. Oh, shit. I have to go into another spoiler.
0: Oh, boy, Shane, you're killing me here.
1: <sighs> right. Well, one of the characters is in hospital and her sister is there. It was um Tara is in hospital well, like recovering from her wounds. Um, her sister Sam turns up with her boyfriend, and it basically she's asked to go into another room because she's interviewed by a copper who turns out to be a bit of a cunt. Um her sister gets attacked again, and then she's on sam is on the phone and she's talking to the killer and then basically he video calls her and his her sister um basically she's been stabbed through the hand as well that's it and she's painfully pushing herself in a wheelchair down a very empty looking hospital corridor all the lights are out and then it's uh as she's calling her, her and her her and her boyfriend or her, no it's her and Gail are basically driving to the hospital as quickly as they fucking can to try and save her sister. And then basically what happens? Dewey turns up and you think, you know, he's you know, he shoots the killer. He shoots the killer, you think, fuck yeah, he's done it, blah blah, blah, you know, kill kill the killer. Um, but then it turns out That he hadn't actually killed the killer. Because the killer then fucks up Dewey. And... Kills him. Dewey gets killed.
0: Wow, Shane. Spoiling everything.
1: Yeah, and the way he gets killed is fucking brutal. um, Because the killer stabs him in the back. And then stabs him in the gut. And pulls the blades up. So... Opens the wounds up so he's not fucking getting out of this one. And it's the scene, that scene, when the killer just turns around and says to him, it's been an honour. And then just pulls the blades out and stands over his corpse. And the camera pans away as the killer is standing over the corpse of Dewey. And then when they get there, when Gail and Sam get there, it's when they find out that it's Dewey who has died. And then Gail is sat in the hospital um, waiting room. And then Sydney turns up and she's sitting there with her. And it's like, that's when it gets a slightly comedic turn because it's like Gail and um, Sydney are just like discussing what's going to happen. And Gail points the girl out to her. And that's when the exchange is um, Sydney says to Sam, I want you to help us kill him. You want me to help you and the host of a morning show to commit murder? Correct. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> okay. Then- so I mean there was that aspect to it and it's like in the trailers where you see you you see Gail and um, Sydney standing outside the house and they would hear the scream and it's when Gail says yeah, it sounds about right I was like, are you ready for this? No? Um, <laughs> and um, I just thought it was really really Clever in that aspect because it's kind of like a retread of the original movie but when the killers are revealed It's like I didn't. I knew, kind of knew, one of them was a bit suspect, but then the other killer, because there was two killers in this one, um, I didn't see it coming. But basically, um, Randy's sister is in this with her two kids. So it's um, Jasmine Savoy Brown and Mason Gooding play Mindy and Chad Meeks Martin, which is Randy's sisters married name and the two twins they are probably the best characters in the movie because they are both aspects of dewey um both aspects of randy so jasmine is the horror movie aficionado and chad is just the geeky dude you know so it was he is just geeky where mindy knows the rules ins and outs of all horror movies so she obviously that that um randy's niece and nephew and uh you know i just thought they were really cool they were my, probably my favorite characters in the whole film and it's just the way they do it it's like they've got a shrine to randy in the house so, so they're kind of like like this is your uncle randy this is the kind of shit that he, he was into you know blood and all that sort of shit so it's there was that cool aspect. I like. that. I like those two. Um, Skeet Ulrich is in this one. Oh, seriously? Seriously, playing Billy, playing the ghost of Billy Lynch. Oh,
0: good God! Come on. That was bad enough in part three where they had Sidney's ghost mom. Now you've got to have a, uh, a a ghost killer in this.
1: Yeah, but he's basically connected to Sam because they make out that the character of Sam is the daughter of Billy Loomis,
0: Ugh.
1: right? But see, I'm going to point this out. They've got it all wrong, because there's no way that she could have been the daughter of Billy Loomis. Because um, it is, uh, it doesn't work out. It doesn't work out in the timeline, because Sam could not be Billy's daughter, right? This is what IMDB is going to help me. Sam could not, been bit, could not have been Billy's daughter. It states she was thirteen when she found out about her birth father, and Tara was five. When Sam was, when Sam was eighteen, she left Woodsboro and returned five years later when she was uh, when Tara was thirteen, and Billy died twenty-five years ago. And then it explains if Sam was conceived shortly before Billy's death, almost exactly twenty-five years before the events of the film, she would likely be twenty-four. In this case, it's likely that Sam found out about about her birth father at 13 when she was about to turn 14, making her and her sister actually six years apart in age. With Sam actually coming home approximately six years after leaving, the timeline is not impossible by any means. Mm. Hmm. <clears> hmm. <throat> but, um... But, yeah, it's, um... I mean, some of the kills in this one were pretty good. Good. Um, you know, i give it a 7 out of 10, obviously. Yeah. Um, even though my initial rating was a 9 out of 10. Uh, I think um, there are so many aspects to this movie that could have been better. It was just, I think it was just a case of, obviously it was a love letter to Wes Craven and the original Scream movies getting the original actors back in for it just for one final film. But there could have been so much more to it. I mean, the set piece for the last, last part of the movie is the old house. It's Stu's house from the original screen movie. Um, So it's like when you watch it and you don't realize it, but when you watch it and the camera pans back and you're like, Oh, fuck me. You know, that is the original house. Um, so it was uh so that was kinda of cool. So you've got lots of cool callbacks to the original film in this, and then there's you know, some aspects to it there's some some characters in the film I just didn't care about and I was actually glad to see getting killed yeah. off. Because they didn't really add too much to the story. So it's just getting rid of the off get rid of the off cards, yeah. so to speak.
0: Let me ask you this, Shane. Uh, so throughout the Scream movies, okay, uh, part one was essentially like like meta-commentary on just horror movies in general. Part two is yeah. the same thing for sequels. Part three was the yeah. same thing for trilogies. And part four was the same thing for remakes. Yeah. Is, what's this one? Is it another remake commentary? Like what? what's the sort of meta going on on it?
1: It's a requel. Okay. So... It's a remake is a reboot of a sequel, a reboot and a sequel.
0: Gotcha. And is is it also like referencing other reboot slash sequel movies?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a great tirade in the entire movie. There's a great fucking monologue in the movie where it discusses that actual thing. You know, how irrelevant some of them are and how some of them are relevant And make sense. Mm,
0: Okay, good. I was worried that they were going to do just another version of it being a remake. And I'm like, you already did that in four. You can't do it twice.
1: Yeah, no, but this is what they call a
0: recall. Ah, Okay, good.
1: So it's a reboot and a sequel. Mm -hmm. So the the intention of this one, I guess, was to make it a reboot of the series, uh, um, bring back the old characters, also host a load of new characters and also add it as a sequel to.
0: okay awesome
1: yeah but i mean overall it's a good film it is a good film i enjoyed it i enjoyed the experience of seeing it on the big screen again because uh, i actually didn't get to see Screen four on the big screen that was the one film i didn't get to yeah. see um but it was uh it's well worth watching on the big screen I was overjoyed to hear Red Right Hand played in this movie, so that was a great little reference. I, I was, I was just singing along to it in the cinema, and my buddy was like, "Shut the fuck up!" Oh, like, I can't so help now it.
0: you were the <laughs> child in the cinema. <laughs> yes,
1: but it was only during that one scene. It was like, "Oh my god, it's Red Right Hands!" and literally swaying my head in time to the music and just singing along to it, you know. So uh, yeah, that was quite that was cool um so it was nice to hear that back in the film uh so obviously that was like a big reference for me that was a big thing for me because obviously the screen movies aren't the same without red right hand you know because i mean screen three had a reworking of red right hand with different lyrics so it was nice to hear the original version of red right hand played so that was really cool um And it was just nice to see all the references to the original characters from the film. You know, how they're bringing it all back and they're bringing it all kind of full circle. And it also acts as closure for the original characters from the original trilogy. So this could lead on to a new trilogy. It could. I've already read that the writers of the film are contemplating another movie. Mm. So it could happen. Um, but we'll see how this one does overall.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to check it out, but probably not until it hits streaming again. I'm not going to go out in the snow to go watch a movie. <laughs> oh, you can always wait for the snow to disappear. Oh, my God. That sounds like I got a flamethrower. Maybe I'll we'll try that.
1: Yeah, try not to do it too close to your house. (laughs) (laughs) Because that was a bit of a fucking epic fail, if you ask me. Yes,
0: absolutely. What a mess. All right, cool, Shane. Well, thanks for going over that. Uh, I guess we should probably just wrap this thing up, huh?
1: Yeah, so apologies if I went on a bit too much about
0: the screen five, but, you know... Well, somebody's got to watch it, Shane.
1: Yeah, I know. And there's probably a lot of people who... You disagree with what I think of it, or they might even agree with it, I don't know, but it's like I'm not really bothered, this is just my opinion yeah. of it, um, and because obviously, like I said, initially watching it, I gave it a 9 out of 10, but when you think about it, and you think about certain characters in the film, and how they affected the plot story, or the whole plot, you know, some of it was just not as great. And, you know, there were characters in there I thought were completely unnecessary. Mm. But um, I was glad that they got killed off.
0: All right, Shane. Well, then why don't you give us your ranking of the Scream films?
1: Ah, right. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to say Scream. 1995. 96, sorry. Scream 96. um, Scream 2. I'll say Scream 5. Scream 4, and then um Scream 3. All right. In that order.
0: Yeah, I'm probably going to go... uh I'm going to go Scream 2 as my top, because uh, okay. I love that one. I'll go 2, uh the original, uh 4, I haven't seen 5, uh, and then I'll put the uh, 1981 shitty slasher and... That <laughs> doesn't count. The- it doesn't <laughs> and then I'm count. putting Scream 3 count. at the fucking bottom of a pit. Fuck that movie.
1: Yeah, Scream 3 is not the greatest, but all the rest of them are okay. They are good. But I don't care what anyone thinks. That opening scene for Scream, the original Scream, it just sticks with me. It stays with me. It's just a fucking classic. It's a classic opening for a horror movie.
0: Alright, Shane. Well, my foot has fallen asleep because this cat is asleep on my leg. So <laughs> let's wrap this up so I can get out of here. Yeah. All right, well, if anyone wants to get a hold of the podcast, uh, you can reach us at all at all you need is bloodpod at gmail.com. Uh the Facebook group all you need is blood Instagram account, all you need is blood podcast. Mike will get back to you. And if you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Twitter at Ryan Tutelo On Instagram, all you need Ryan, I'm also on Facebook, on the Facebook groups, the UHM fans group. And upcoming horror movies.com on the message board. Uh, how about you, Shane? Any contacts?
1: You can get hold of me on Twitter, Dead Cell Society, and Instagram, RoboGinge74. Um, I'm on the, well, currently under a three week ban <laughs> on Facebook. Um, from groups, oddly enough. Um so I can't comment or post in um the groups that I'm in <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um but yeah I am usually on the All You Need Is Blood podcast group on
0: Facebook um as well. Excellent. And uh Mike nah. there we go.
1: Nah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh- we don't talk about Mike because he's not That's on this
0: episode. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. Oh, I love fun. it. All right, Shade. Well, thanks for joining me for this Scream Extravaganza. And thanks for everybody for listening. And I'll just say bye for now. Laters. <laughs> Oh man, my foot is so asleep. This goddamn cat is all over my business. I gotta get out of here. My shirt, I'm wearing a black hoodie. It is now completely white, covered in her fur. <laughs> oh, yeah. You here? Give me a second. Ah. Oh. <sighs> all right, man. I gotta go because I'm starving and looking outside. I'm gonna have to start uh, snow blowing, which sucks, but I gotta do it before it gets dark.
1: Dude, stop blowing the snowmen.
0: Oh, I just noticed (laughs) I turned around. There's two other cats sitting on the bed. (laughs) I guess this is the cat zone. They're getting away from the dogs.
1: Yeah, they're plotting your demise. All right, let us stop recording this nonsense.